the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Theo, Minneapolis, fueled by Lucky Station. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. A vehicle crashed into a crowd today outside a popular bar in western Germany in the city of Munster, killing at least three people and injuring 20 others. A police spokesman told reporters that the driver of the vehicle killed himself after the crash. He said the driver's identity was not yet known and that it was too early to speculate about a possible motive and what could have been a terrorist attack. The latest job numbers are out this week and took a slight dip, but we're still averaging about 200,000 new jobs Every month, economist Stephen Moore told the Salem Radio Network that the dip doesn't concern him at all. Uh, well, look, the economy is firing on all cylinders right now. The tax cuts, the deregulation, the pro-American energy policies. I mean, we've got a president who is pro-America, pro-American business. And, you know, what's the, the new saying is Donald Trump is the worst president ever unless you look at his results. You know, and that's what is driving liberals crazy. More details at SRNews.com. Hugh Hewitt says, don't get distracted by all the games in Washington. You can always tell when someone's a little bit desperate when they start shooting at their own because they're trying to position themselves to rise within the White House. I just give you a grain of caution. This is all about Game of Thrones nonsense inside of D.C. What matters to you? The economy, jobs, and the people who are getting it done. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 5 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. If you snoozed, you have officially lost. The Narn Table is sold out for overtime with Hewitt and Gallagher. There's still some VIP dinner tickets available. Hewitt's Table is sold out. Gallagher's Table is sold out. Don't wait. Get your VIP dinner tickets now at am1280thepatriot.com. You can also get general admission tickets starting at 20 bucks. That's at am1280thepatriot.com. Join us for overtime with Hewitt and Gallagher. Sunday, April 29th in Minnetonka. A quick look at the weather. Sunny and clear today. Our high will be 30. There's a chance of snow late on Sunday. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing. The shining spot of red, the sea of dingy, dingy, dismal institutional blue. The Northern Alliance Radio Network. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Mitch Berg. My blog, shotinthedark.info, 16 years strong, is one of Minnesota's foremost political current events, pop culture blogs. Uh, Of course, I'm also found on True North. Well, found on the web at looktruenorth.com. 10 years strong as a center for center-right public opinion in the upper Midwest, especially Minnesota. And this broadcast, 14 years and running, as the dominant Twin Cities weekend radio show, ergo the dominant Twin Cities radio program, along with my comrades in arms, uh, Brad Carlson, every Sunday from 2 to 3, and King Banyan every Saturday morning from 9 to 11. So much stuff going on here today. This is just going to be a, a fun, fun show. Bottom of the hour, we're going to be talking with Jennifer Carnahan, chair of the Minnesota Republican Party, about, uh, well, the, uh, an electoral season that's becoming just a, more interesting every week as you go along here. And we'll be talking with Lee McGrath and Xavier Bickett uh, sometime in the next hour here about something that should get you concerned a civil forfeiture reform law uh that uh, is making was making its way through the house of representatives and seems to have gotten stalled in recent weeks uh, we're going to need people who actually care about freedom to sort of kick that loose the jam here and get things moving again because reforming civil forfeiture is an absolute must if we're going to continue calling ourselves <laughs> any pretense of a, of a free people, this is this is a government abuse just in every way, shape, and form possible. So I uh, will be looking forward to talking with Xavier and Lee uh, in the second hour about that. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Yes, indeed, as you heard uh, the conciliary say in the lead-up spot to the show here, 
Uh, the Narn table is sold out at overtime with Hewitt and Gallagher. I am so looking forward to meeting the people who uh, I'll be sharing the table with. Seven people will be sharing the table with Brad Carlson, King Banyan, and I. It's coming up on Sunday, April 29th. Uh, in a weekend, it's shaping up to be a very busy one here in the Twin Cities. More on that. We've got uh, VIP tickets coming up for that still for sale. All the uh, all the, the host tables, uh, as the ad said, uh, Mike Gallagher, Hugh Hewitt, and, of course, the Narn table. Uh, those are all sold out. There's a few VIP tickets left. Those are going to go fast. Uh, they always do. Once the once the head tables sell out, uh, the VIP tickets go shortly thereafter. I'd be, I'd be amazed if there were any left on the books by the end of the week here, quite frankly. So get in there. General admission tickets, of course, those are 20 bucks. There's still a number of those left. Uh, those usually tend to go last because there's a lot more of them, and they're, they're more of a spur-of-the-moment decision for a lot of people. Uh, but those will go, too. So go to am1280thepatriot.com and get in on Overtime with Hewitt and Gallagher. Much more on that later on in the broadcast here. One of the things we will no doubt be discussing with Jennifer Carnahan is the entry of a 150-pound politician who has also been a 900-pound gorilla in the governor's race ever since things really kicked off. Former Governor Tim Pawlenty is officially back in the governor's race, which surprised just about nobody that's been paying attention for the last several months. Now, people who on the ideological conservative side... Uh, reacted with everything from a mighty yawn to a vigorous oh heck no uh, at the news that Tim Pawlenty re-entered the race. Uh, and being someone who is himself an ideological conservative, ergo he does a conservative talk show, I understand it. I really truly do. Now, now Tim Pawlenty was not, has never been a doctrinaire conservative. He's never been someone who would fit in, fit in among the Justin Amishes and, uh, and, and Rand Pauls of the Republican Party. Uh, he's, he's not an especially, or, or Ted Cruz for that matter. He wouldn't necessarily fit in among any of those uh, in his heart of hearts. He is someone who came uh, was just out of the center right, if you will. He's a small C conservative in most ways. He's the product of a career in the legislature. And, I mean, he's what served several, I think, four terms in the state legislature and rose to, I believe, Speaker of the House or Majority Leader, I believe it was actually, uh, before he I was Majority Leader when he was elected. Uh, minority Leader? He was a leader of one of the houses, <laughs> anyway, uh, either the majority or the minority. And he may have been speaker at one point. I can't remember exactly. It doesn't matter. I'm sure Brad Carlson will text me with the facts here in a moment. He's sort of my uh, real-time fact checker on this broadcast. Point being, he spent a number of years, quite a number of years, in the Minnesota State Legislature at leading the horse trading and deliberation that goes into the actual formulation of policy. And, and for those of you who don't know the difference, politics exists. And I know many of you do know the difference, but there's always a few that don't. There's always a few who haven't learned it yet, as evidenced a few years ago by the ascendancy of uh, the Ron Paul crowd, who largely seemed to think that believing, science, and some of them still do, seem to believe that believing something strongly enough and exclusively enough will lead it to become policy. And as much as We'd love to believe it because, of course, being passionate about one's beliefs is easy. There's the nagging little matter of the fact that this state is, let's be charitable, half blue. And to get policies through, you have got to convince the other half of the legislature. And sometimes the other half of the legislature is two-thirds of the legislature, as it was in 2012 when the Republicans got slapped down hard in the Senate. I think we had like one-third of the seats. The, the Democrats had a veto-proof majority in the Senate, not like Mark Dayton was going to veto them. But you get the point. Convi even when you are in the majority at times, you, for example, when you have a Democrat governor, you have to become fairly adept at convincing the other side to support you, which means horse trading, which means dealing, which means giving up on some points in order, in order, in order, and taking on others. It means giving a little on spending in exchange for deregulation or vice versa. It means 
caving on a stadium in exchange for not raising spending elsewhere. Uh, Being all hypothetical here, but the fact is, unless you have complete control of the governor's office and both chambers of the legislature, you're going to have to do compromises. And this is a beef I have with some of the more ideological scorecards that are floating around, like the Minnesota Liberty Alliance, who uh, does a, a good scorecard every year that's pretty much based on, on support for libertarian principles, which I support as well. As someone who is a former Big L Libertarian Party member and considers himself a libertarian conservative with a small L, absolutely, I support them. But when you get into a position where you have to actually implement policy in a legislature with people who disagree with you, you're not going to get everything you want. And if you jump up and down and holler and hoot and say, well, I want what I want, well, the other side will treat you like a spoiled two-year-old and not give you what you want and basically wait for you to moderate your behavior or get thrown out of office for getting nothing done because people care about that kind of thing for better or worse. So Tim Pawlenty not only participated in that process, but let's remember, participated in that process at a time when the GOP was generally in the minority in the legislature, almost exclusively. I think the, the, the Governor Pawlenty was elected in 2002, and that was the year that the GOP took the majority for the first time in many, many years in the Minnesota House of Representatives. In the Senate, we weren't, weren't going to get for, uh, we didn't get that until uh, 2010. For the first time since before World War II, I believe. Again, Brad Carlson will no doubt fact check me on that here. I'll, if you hear a buzzing in the background, that's my text message alert going off from Brad. And so at a time when the Republican Party was in largely the major, uh, minority during the Carlson administration, Arnie Carlson, who, of course, was to the left of some of the Democrats he faced running for office, like Rudy Perpich. Uh, about whom James Lilacs uh, joked once upon a time. He said back when he was in D.C., he used to joke he came from Minnesota, where he said there was the uh, anti-gun pro-abortion candidate and the Democrat, referring to Arnie Carlson, of course, the pro-abortion anti-gun Republican, who, by the way, spent like a drunk sailor. I mean, if the Democrats spent today, spent like Arnie Carlson did back then, doubling the budget in eight years you would have a legitimate, a very legitimate complaint about Democrats' uh, free spending habits. And that is the fact. Arnie Carlson increased, uh, on his watch, Arnie Carlson uh, increased the budget by double. And, and this is a Republican. Now, would the Democrats have been worse? Yeah, but when your budget doubles in eight years, bad and worse are, are kind of relative, don't you think? And this is the backdrop uh, under which Tim Pawlenty's career got started in, in the, the Minnesota State Legislature. The last four years that he spent in the Minnesota House, he spent in the Ventura, Ventura administration, where the Republicans were in the minority in both the House and the Senate. And to get anything through, to accomplish anything, was an exercise in negotiation and deal-making that would make Donald Trump's pre-political career look like a piker. To get anything remotely Republican, remotely restrained, remotely limited government through during Tim Pawlenty's legislative career took a lot of wheeling and dealing and not, sad to say necessarily, a whole lot of strict adherence to the purity of one's principles. I mean, strictly adhering to one's principles when you're in the minority leaves you in situations like say, Paul Wellstone, who would frequently be the only no vote in a 99 to nil vote in the United States Senate. He voted as pure principles, and it was utterly meaningless. And if you're one of those people who says says that principles mean more than policy, well, sometimes they do. On some issues, they do. But in, the ter- in terms of, of trying to enact incremental improvements, like lo- lowering the increase in taxes when you are in a minority 
and really have no complete control other than through the force of your personality and, and the ability to spoil things, yeah, you're 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 probably going to have to do a little bit of horse trading, a little bit of deal making, a little bit of a little bit of corrupting the absolute magisterial purity of one's beliefs. It can be fairly said that Tim Pawlenty did a whole lot of that. Now, what else did he do when he was governor? Because when he became governor, he also got a majority in the House of Representatives, but not the Senate. Six five one two eight nine four four eighty four four eight eight. Tim Pawlenty running for governor. Tell me more. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot. Hi, this is Terry Sandvold, CEO of Sandvold Financial Group and host of Money Talks. Sandvold Financial Group would like to help provide the sturdy foundation for your financial future. We want you to plan for tomorrow, today. Give us a call to attend an upcoming seminar at 952 952- Five four four two eight three seven. That's nine five two five four four two eight three seven. Or go to helpmeterry.com to set up a no cost financial review today. Registered representative of and independent of Questar Capital Corporation, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Questar Asset Management. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on. Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Christian Faith Publishing helps thousands of authors just like you publish their books with a company dedicated to strong Christian values. To help you get started, we want to send you our free author submission kit. Christian Faith Publishing reviews every book submitted to us. And if your book is approved, we'll edit, design, copyright, protect, print, and distribute your book online and in bookstores everywhere. Imagine seeing your book in specialty Christian bookstores, Amazon, iTunes, Barnes & Noble, and many others. It could happen. And it all starts with one call to Christian Christian Faith Publishing at 800-566-1012 for your free author submission kit. If you have a novel, children's book, poetry, biography, or any inspirational work you've written, we can help you get it published today. Shouldn't you work with a publisher who shares your Christian values of integrity and honesty? You can get your book published. So call for your free author submission kit right now. Call 800-566-1012. That's 800-566-1012. 800-566-1012. This is Mike Gallagher. The 2018 midterm election is going to be historic. Let's prepare together on April 29th for the Patriots Overtime with Hewitt and Gallagher on April 29th. Get your tickets now at am1280thepatriot.com. Picture yourself on a financial roller coaster. You and your money are going up to the top. But now as the coaster turns and drops, you are screaming for joy instead of that fearful scream. Learn to manage any turn on your financial coaster at Online Trading Academy. See your accounts growing in both up and down markets and give yourself the opportunity to make a second income you can use now and in retirement. Join us for a free investing class by hitting pound 250 on your cell phone. Use the keyword OTA. Again, that's pound 250, keyword OTA. Water damage, mold remediation, air ducts filthy? Steamatic is the one name you can trust to correct these problems and return your indoor air quality to where it needs to be. I'm John McNamara, a veteran and owner of Steamatic of the Twin Cities. Call me at 651-481-4991. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. My name is Berg. That's what my neighbors think of me. Did I mention I'm from St. Paul? Okay, sometimes it's what I think about myself as a Republican in St. Paul. Because in St. Paul, Republican is the new punk rock. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. I just have to dance when I hear that song. Uh, we're talking about Governor Palenti, former Governor Palenti, uh, taking, uh, get, dipping his toe back in the race to, uh, well, dipping his toe, no, diving in headfirst into the race. Finally, after months of speculation that left nobody in even the faintest whiff of suspense about how it was going to turn out. I mean, there was absolutely no question. I don't believe. 
that uh, Governor Pawlenty, former Governor Pawlenty was going to get back in the race. By the way, uh, the fact-checking department, uh, Brad Carlson and his, and his uh, texting thumb, uh, informed me Pawlenty was House Majority Leader in the Ventura administration, was succeeded by Eric Paulson when uh, Pawlenty was elected governor in 2002. I was under the impression that we were the minority up until 2002, and then we flipped the House. Uh, this may be worth looking into later, unless we've got some historians. Out there. On the other hand, probably defer to Brad, because... He has the most photographic memory I've met this side of Michael Medved, and that's saying something. Anyway, Governor Pawlenty announced on Thursday he's back in the governor's race. He's back in the governor's race for the first time since 2006, I guess, uh, when I say back. It's been 12 years since the last time he ran for office. Uh, ideological conservatives are going anybody but Pawlenty. But then again, they're also going anybody but Jeff Johnson. In fact, it's hard to know exactly who the ideological conservatives are going for. Now, I'll give you, in the interest of full disclosure, uh, the fact that I haven't, I, I haven't picked a dog in the fight here yet. Uh, I, I go way back with some of the candidates. Some of the candidates are brand new to me. We, we have some of the, I, I mean, when I say the candidates, I'm talking about the top five. Uh, Mary Giuliani, uh, Stevens from Woodbury. I've met Lance Johnson and uh, Jeff Johnson, which makes it very confusing because they're both Commissioner Johnson when I had to introduce them at a Tea Party event uh, early in early March, I think it was. Uh, <laughs> made for an interesting thing. Uh, and, of course, Keith Downey, former, former chair of the Minnesota Republican Party, Jeff Johnson, uh, Hennepin County Commissioner and former candidate for governor four years ago. And uh, who am I missing? Phil Parrish, uh, who's also running. Former Navy officer running uh, for the for the for the governor's office. He ran for Senate four years ago as well. So th th those are the big five I'm talking about. Now there's a few other people in the race, along with Governor former Governor Palenti. It's hard not. By the way, it's hard to get used to not calling him Governor Palenti because he was the governor for the first six years of this broadcast. I mean, we went on the air uh, two years after, actually, well, not even two years after he was inaugurated. He was inaugurated in January of 2003. We went on the air in March of 04. So we coincide almost with his entire time in office. We interviewed him probably, I've interviewed him probably half a dozen times while he was in office, uh, at least I think maybe once a year at the very least. And we we go way back. <laughs> and by the way, I, I've met him. He's, he's a great guy. I, I've enjoyed the time I've gotten to spend with him over the years. Now, one of my ideological conservative friends are going, however, nope, absolutely anybody, but to which I have to respond, okay, I get it. Uh, Jeff Johnson is has developed and developed for, for real beyond just principle and ideological bluster, uh, a reputation as a fiscal tax, uh, as a spending hatchet man at the Hennepin County Commission. And by the way, more power to him and can go with God. <laughs> There's a county that needs a Dr. No in its county commission. They need three more Jeff Johnsons to bring some sanity to that little chamber of lunacy. But Jeff Johnson has been doing the best he could ever since he last, uh, ever, since, ever since he's been in office. He does it well. Uh, Philip Parrish has some social conservative messages, as does Keith Downey, Mary Giuliani Stevens, probably a little more to the center. Lance Johnson... Honestly, not much of an idea what he stands for, and I've, I've met the guy. I've listened to him talk. I'm still a little confused. Uh, if you're his people, feel free to reach out. In fact, if you're with any of the campaigns, reach out. Now's the time I'd like to introduce all of them to the Narn audience, since a good chunk of them are going to be on their way to Duluth here in a couple of weeks. Anyway, the uh, in terms of Tim Pawlenty in particular, conservatives, the ideological ones, are uh, are not necessarily flocking to the Palenti banner just yet. And I get it. But as I pointed out before the break, Tim Palenti was, got his start in politics in the deliberative bodies, not the executive bodies, not the executive branch, and certainly not as a pundit, not certainly as, not like someone like, uh, say, a Congressman Jason Lewis, who has a 25- or 30-year career behind him standing up for principles as a talk show host and thus giving himself a large body of work to live up to in the public eye. Uh, I mean, very little very little uh, option but to live up to his body of spoken work since it's all, it was all held against him uh, during his uh, campaign. Not that there's anything to hold against Jason Lewis. He's right on pretty much every issue. 
I could name a few exceptions, but what the heck? He's our guy in D.C. I'm not going to quibble at this point. Uh, and he's certainly paid his dues as a libertarian conservative. More power to Jason Lewis, and God hopes he gets a tailwind. God hoping he gets a tailwind uh, in the election up against uh, Angie, the HR woman, Craig. So my point being about that, about his, about uh, former Governor Pawlenty's history as a deliberator rather than as an executive, per se, until he became governor, was four years before he was elected governor, the Minnesota Republican Party had, had gotten behind Arnie Carlson. And Carlson may have been to the left of Rudy Perpich on many bedrock Republican issues. And Tim Pawlenty reflects what the Minnesota Republican Party was in 2002, a party that had been to the right of the, excuse me, to the left, or to the center at least, of the conservative mainstream that you'd find in states to our west, to some extent to our south, even to our east now, although uh, the Wisconsin Republican Party was certainly not especially more conservative than the, than the Minnesota Republican Party for the longest time. Anyway, the question I have is, given that it had been a mere four years since Arnie Carlson left office when Tim Pawlenty took office, or really when he started campaigning, the question I ask is, is can I always obey the Buckley Doctrine when I vote? And the Buckley Doctrine, for those of you who aren't familiar, is, is always vote for the most conservative candidate who can win. And that's a very relative thing, by the way. Voting for the most relative conservative, uh, the most conservative candidate who can win, it can be a very relative thing. For example, in the St. Paul City, uh, St. Paul mayoral election, given the choice between the current occupant of the office and uh, Pat Harris, who was a center-left DFLer, and our current mayor, who is a left DFLer, and no Republican whatsoever. I voted for the most conservative option I had, which was Pat Harris, someone who would be branded as a fire-breathing communist out in Benton County, out in Sherburne County, down in Lakeville, most likely, certainly up in Grant Township, uh, but in St. Paul, the guy was regarded by DFLers as, as he might as, well, might as well have been Barry Goldwater. That's why I voted for Pat Harris, because he was the most conservative candidate who could win. Now, go back to 2002, when you're up against a moderate Democrat, Tim Penny, uh, up against a liberal Democrat, Roger Moe, who was certainly a, a, a very powerful figure in the DFL, back when the DFL was a more centrist party than it is today. And and basically outflanked heavily on his left and in the center, was Tim Pawlenty the most conservative candidate who could win? Well, of the three main options, absolutely. And clearly he could win because he won. But would it have been possible for a more conservative Republican to win? Well, we're not going to know because the Republican Party didn't nominate a more conservative person. Now, it tried. Brian Sullivan in the 2002 Republican convention mounted a very strong insurgency that drove the, the vote, final vote, I believe it was, out to 274 ballots, and it took like 19 days to get the, the convention accomplished. I'm exaggerating a bit, but it was a very, very, very long process to get there, meaning that the, 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 the conservative wing of the Republican Party pushed hard, and by the way, pushed Governor Pawlenty, at that time Representative Pawlenty, uh, far to the right of his comfort zone to triangulate far enough to get enough uh, delegates to win on the 74th ballot, or again, whatever it was. Now, would Brian Sullivan have gone on to win? I mean, if you're a doctrinaire conservative, I'm sure you'd love to think so. But it had never happened before, and had not. it has not happened since, and he didn't get the nomination. And four years later, it wasn't even close. I mean, the, the 
inarguably conservative talk show host and my good friend Sue Jeffers uh, ran in 2006 trying to drive Tim Pawlenty to the right. She didn't have quite as big or powerful of a campaign as Brian Sullivan did. And I think it probably showed Tim Pawlenty was a little farther to the center, perhaps, than, uh, than, than he may have run four years earlier. And I think it probably showed. Anyway, more of that when we come back. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Jennifer Carnahan joins us after the break. Go nowhere. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts BAG11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting BAG11 to 88988. That's B-A-G-1-1 to 88988. My number two does not look like a number two. I don't know what to call it. Is there a number three? Table for four, please. Anything close to the restaurant. Ugh, a middle seat with these stomach problems? That's my fear of flying. Sound like you? If it does, you could be one of the many people with a digestive condition called exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI. Even if you don't know what EPI is, you might know the symptoms. Frequent diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain. If you have even just one of these symptoms, you could still have EPI because not everybody experiences EPI the same way, which is why it's so important to open up to your doctor about all your symptoms. And the good news is EPI is manageable, so don't keep a lid on it. Go to IdentifyEPI.com, complete the symptom checker, and use it to have a conversation with your doctor. Don't keep a lid on it. Visit IdentifyEPI.com, brought to you by Abvi. This is Michael Medved for townhall.com. If pro-life conservatives ever claimed that supporters of Planned Parenthood had blood on their hands, the mainstream media would howl in protest. Why then do anti-gun activists who make precisely such claims about supporters of the NRA draw widespread acclaim for their courage and idealism? The connection between abortion and killing is obvious, even if you deny that the procedure is equivalent to murder. But there's no connection between backing gun rights and endorsing killing. Disagreement over specific policy proposals doesn't mean that those on the other side want to consign our children to early death or to obliterate our constitutional rights. Republican leaders in Washington have already moved ahead with common-sense enhancements in our gun regulations. But hysterical, polarizing rhetoric only makes constructive reform less likely. I'm Michael Medved. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. Join us, won't you please? You can also join me on Twitter at hashtag N-A-R-N. And with us to talk about the rapidly evolving election season, evolving election season, I should say, and involving in its own way, especially if you're, well, listening to a political talk station, is the chair of the Minnesota Republican Party, Jennifer Carnahan. Uh, Jennifer, welcome back to the broadcast. Thank you for having me. Hope you're doing well this very chilly Saturday. You know, I'm from North Dakota. I believe I've established this. It's, I just love listening to Minnesotans talk about weather. It's <laughs> it's so cute. Anyway, <laughs> I did wear a sweatshirt today. I'll say that. Anyway, but yeah, thank you. Hope you're having a great weekend as well, all, all seriousness. Uh, well, your week just got a lot more interesting, didn't it? Holy cow. Governor, uh, former Governor Pawlenty back in the race. This is uh, I, I'm sure this has made your job a lot more interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly been a busy week on the Republican side, especially from a news media perspective. 
um, with Governor Pawlenty's announcement coming out late this week. You know, it's great. We invite as many people into the race as possible. Um, Having multiple candidates to give people a choice is always good. Yeah, and it's going to be for an interesting convention. Certainly, this is going to be uh, one to watch here. Uh, so, so what? How has this changed your life as the the chair of the Minnesota Republican Party? I mean, you were looking at a race that was divided five ways. Now you're looking at a race that appears to be one person against five other people. If I may editorialize, uh, how has this changed your approach to the race as the chair of the Minnesota Republican Party? I don't. You know, I don't think a new entrant cha- entrant into the governor's race changes our approach at all, right? From a strategic perspective, we're still working on targeting the state, focusing on what areas we need to really hone in on this election cycle to turn Republican voters out so that we can win all the way down the ballot. And um, as we have been with all the candidates for all the races, you know, the party's here to support everyone. You know, the fact that we have people that are willing to give up their personal lives, their professional careers, to go out and champion our values and give Minnesotans a great voice and a great option on the ballot, you know, that's always a good thing. So, you know, we're, we're excited about it. Uh, you know, again, I think the state convention is going to be very good in June. And, you know, all these candidates that have been in the race for, you know, a long time, they've all been working hard. They've gotten their messages out. You know, Governor Pawlenty's now in and he's getting his message out. And it just adds another um, candidate to the, to the race. So I think that's a good thing. So let's talk about the congressional races. So that's it's going to be uh, that's going to be. I mean, the Democrats are talking about wave election this year. Of course, that's what their job is to make it themselves look inevitable. But we have a couple of interesting races, a couple of races where the, the upset that we've been waiting for. In fact, that we've been waiting to repeat since 2010 up in uh, CD8 looks like it could, but I hate to jinx us, but could potentially be in reach. Uh, we, we've got Stoffer running against whoever the DFL nominates to replace uh, the archaeological e- exhibit, Rick Nolan. Uh, any, any, your point of view on, on the, the race up in the eight, uh, Jennifer Carnahan? Yeah, so what, what's so exciting that you mentioned is two of the biggest pickup opportunities in the entire country for U.S. Congress for national Republicans are right here in Minnesota. You know, Congressional District 8, which is Northeast Minnesota, and then Congressional District District 1, Southern Minnesota. Pete Stauber, the um, only Republican candidate running right now, and that endorsing convention comes up in May, has been out there for nearly a year. He is an incredible candidate that fits that district perfectly. You know, he has a great background. He's been out working hard. He's getting a lot of support from around the state and nationally. And, you know, uh, in 2016 on that race, um, the endorsed candidate, Stuart Mills, came within a quarter of a percent of defeating Rick Nolan. Wow. Now that Rick Nolan's retired and it's an open seat, this represents a huge opportunity. And with Pete being such an incredible candidate and doing all this hard work, I mean, the prospects are so bright. And to your point, I don't want to jinx anything either. <laughs> but I think when you know people put forth the hard work and the effort and go around the district continuously, building support, building their name ID, raising the type of money needed for an important race, which will be hotly contested, you know, and it's an open seat. This is an incredible opportunity for us. And same thing down in uh, southern Minnesota, CD1, with uh, Tim Walls now running for governor. That's an open seat. Jim Hagedorn, who was the endorsed candidate in 2016, came within four-tenths of a percent. There's a couple of Republicans running for that um, for that position this year. But again, that represents a great opportunity for Minnesota Republicans. So what excites me is that we could potentially go from three out of the eight uh, members of Congress being Republican to four or five in November. And that would be incredible because that would impact um, in a direct way the balance of power out in Washington, D.C. And to your point, which uh, Democrats are saying is going to be a blue wave. But I just don't see that coming in Minnesota, Mitch. I really don't. Yeah, well, here's hoping. And from your mouth to God's ears, uh, the question I have, and, and and it's no big secret, no big guessing game, that uh, one of the things that uh, came so helped at least uh, come uh, help t- uh, tip uh, almost tip the fourth. Uh, excuse me, not the fourth. Good Lord, not the fourth. The the eighth. Oh, did the fourth almost turn. <laughs> yeah, well, it, sometime in my life, we maybe wish. we'll see. Yeah, I can dream. The eighth and the first was the Donald Trump candidacy, and uh, the fact that uh, Donald Trump voters turned out in waves and uh, came close to tipping not only the first and the eighth, but really the state. I mean, the closest a Republican has come to to taking Minnesota since Ronald Reagan almost came came close enough. Uh, almost against uh, against Walter Mondale a generation ago. How do you think the party is doing in terms of keeping the Trump voter interested? 
I actually think we're doing a very good job with that. Um, and to your point, yes, there was a Trump wave that hit the country in 2016, and we experienced it in Minnesota. And our number one job as a state party for this election cycle is we have to turn all those Trump voters and supporters back out to support our Republican uh, candidates down the ballot. And so we've been you know, working on this since last fall, and we've got great data, and we're doing strategic targeting. But the Trump supporters are still energized, and they're still very supportive of our president, which is a positive thing. So the news media can say all they want. You know, around the country, Republicans are losing. You know, there's this big wave. But again, I just don't feel it in Minnesota because I drive around this state every week. I'm somewhere in Minnesota. And the enthusiasm and the energy for President Trump and what he's doing out in Washington, D.C. is still incredibly high. His uh, favorability is high. And in the two special elections we had here in February, you know, we actually bucked the trend of what Republicans are seeing nationally. And we held on to a seat and won by double digit margins in a strong rural area in Minnesota where President Trump did incredibly well. Yep. And we almost flipped a seat in a very blue uh, suburban area in the Twin Cities metro, uh, you know, East Metro out in your neck of the woods. So that's why I just feel a lot of confidence. I believe in what we're doing. I believe in the efforts we're putting forward. I think the president continues to do great things on a national level that people are happy about. Tax reform, standing up for our country, you know, uh, you know, stronger security around immigration and different things like that. And again, we just we have such incredible candidates this year and yeah. we have such strong messages. We absolutely do, and I'm and I'm I'm feeling good about that. And, and it's odd, as 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 foreboding as some of the signs almost seem nationwide. It's almost that's almost like Minnesota is contrary to national trends on this as as everything else. Go figure. Uh, Jennifer Carnahan, of course, we got a little business to discuss here. One of the uh, Minnesota Republican Party's uh, rituals is coming up here, and uh, people have a chance to to take part in it. The Lincoln Reagan dinner, I believe. Yeah, we have our annual Lincoln Reagan dinner uh, next Friday, April 13th at the Depot in downtown Minneapolis. Mm. The doors open at 5 p.m. and the dinner starts at 6.30 and it's going to be incredible. Um, We've got U.S. Senator Joni Ernst from Iowa, so our neighbor right to the south. She's coming to be our keynote. She's a rising star out in Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah. All three of our Republican congressmen are going to be there, Congressman Emmer, Paulson, and Lewis. In fact, Congressman Lewis is our MC for the night, and you know he's great at that, so that'll be fun. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then we've got um, esteemed uh, Minnesotan pianist Lori Line, who's going to be playing throughout the night, which is incredible, a new element, and all of our candidates will be there. And it's just going to be a really fun night, and I kind of I tell everyone, I'm like, this is our Republican prom. You know, this is our big <laughs> event of the year. <laughs> I like that. We kind of come together. We dress up. We have a nice dinner. We have good entertainment. We have fun. We're there to talk about, you know, and get behind a conservative rallying message. And it is our big uh, keynote fundraiser for the year um, that really will help propel us into the summer. So, you know, we still have a little space left. We're already on par to have our biggest dinner in the history of the, uh, of the party of doing this. We've oh, got, wow. you know, close to a thousand people already coming. We've got a little space left. So, yeah, if people are interested in coming, I- you know, you can just call the office at uh, 651 651- Two 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 zero zero two two, and and get your seats by Monday. Absolutely. And by the way, I was glad you described it like that because in all my years of of talking about Republican Party politics and being a member of the Minnesota GOP, I've never known what the Lincoln Reagan dinner was per se. And and it wouldn't have mattered except that. And, and I've always had some conflict between me and it. Uh, but one, a person asked me in, in a committee meeting this morning for my district, "What is the Lincoln Reagan dinner?" and I was honestly stumped. And being able to answer, it's the Republican Party's prom. Gosh, that's awesome. Um, I, I, <laughs> I'm fresh out of corsages, but other than that, I don't know. I have to see what I can do here. Uh, so, Jennifer no, Carnahan. Are, uh, are you attending, Mitch? I, ha- I actually have a, com- I have a non-pleasant commitment that evening, so I, I think I'll have oh, to do it shoot. next year. I know. I'd love to make yes. it. I'm, I'm, I'm totally yeah, sold on it here. But I'd love to be there. And, and uh, l- with a little luck next year, I'll, I'll make sure I have the evening free. I scheduled the tw- uh, this coming Friday about six months ago for something that is not going to be nearly as much fun as the link. And Reagan dinner. Let's just be honest. <laughs> so uh, that'll be that'll be uh, that's that's coming up here. So Jennifer Carnahan, what's uh, how many miles have you put on your car in the last year? By the way, oh geez, probably forty to fifty thousand miles. Holy mackerel, that's a lot yeah. of driving. Like I need to tell you, holy cow, excellent. So uh, what's by the way? I mean, let's just we got about a minute to go here, Jennifer Carnahan. What is the th- looking ahead to the election here? 
What is the thing that's got you most optimistic, and what is the biggest challenge you see facing yourself and the party over the course of the between now and November? I am honestly most optimistic about the key races in the state, you know, some of these key congressional races we talked about and the governor's race, because I think we do. We have incredible candidates. We have incredible opportunities. And our party is in such a strong position from where we've been in the past. So that's great. Honestly, I'm not as concerned maybe as other people are, because I feel like we've done so much to put this party in a good place. And the candidates and the work that all of our activists and leaders do, it's so energizing and inspires me every day. And I know the Democrats are running scared because when they have to go on the attack immediately, it means they're already playing defense and they're already concerned about Minnesota. So that that makes me very excited. The attacks have definitely come early and hot this year. So I think you're right about that. We're taking flack, which must mean we're over the target. Jennifer Carnahan, let's do this again sometime before the convention. I'd really love to catch up on some party business with you sometime when you're in town, if you're in town one of these days. Absolutely. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you very much. Jennifer Carnahan, chair of the Minnesota Republican Party, joining us. We'll do this again soon. Uh, The Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. The fun is three-eighths over. Which means you still got plenty of show to go. Call your neighbors. Bring them on in. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot. AM 1280, The Patriot. This is Jack from Banyan Hill. You like freedom? I do. You like money? I do, too. If you like freedom and money, then you're going to love Freedom Checks. You see, over the next few months, an estimated $34.6 billion is up for grabs to anyone who stakes their claim. Yep, you heard right. $34.6 billion. To get all the details, just go to www.freedomchecks123.com. Thousands of people are already lined up to cash in. Take Doug, for example. He's a 46-year-old from Joplin, Missouri, who's set to get a check for $24,075. And if Doug can do this, I've got a hunch that you can too. But here's the thing. If you want a chance to grab your full share of this $34.6 billion payout, you must have your ducks in a row by May 1st. So don't wait. Get over to www.freedomchecks123.com before the May 1st deadline. That's www.freedomchecks123.com. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, If SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For a free quote, call 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 800-523-3771. Or go go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Napa know-how. Time to start adding to your bucket list. No, not the skydiving meet your idol bucket list, the Napa bucket list. Because now when you buy a Napa bucket for $2.99, you'll get 20% off items you can fit inside. Minimum $50 purchase. So live a little and save a lot with the Napa bucket and 20% off. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Exclusions apply. Offer expires 4 18 if it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say, you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. It's time to throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 1280 to Patriot hosts in high quality with Alexa and Amazon Echo. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, go nowhere, fun is less than half over. Hey, don't forget the Aloha Talkers Hawaii Cruise, 
Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Larry Elder coming up August 11th to the 18th, 2018. That's this summer. There'll be no sleep till Maui, Kauai, and the Big Island of Hawaii. Each day will be wrapping up with a panel discussion with the guys. Plus, this would be a big sell point for me. You'll receive a certificate for a couple my pillows. Don't know if you get that before the cruise. You can use them on the ship or not. But details and full trip itinerary are available at am12athepatriot.com. Check it out. Join up. Do it. Just in time to miss the dog days of sweltering, miserable mid-August in Minnesota. Easy for you to say. Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-448. You can also join me on uh, Twitter at hashtag Narn or hashtag Narn Show. Either way, we're monitoring both channels of communications just to make sure that you need not wait to get in on anything. Uh, a couple points about Tim Pawlenty that I want to make sure that uh, we're, we're clear here. As I was pointing out before the break, uh, before we, we talked with Jennifer Carnahan, Tim Pawlenty's not a doctrinaire conservative. He's center-right at best. And on some issues, quite frankly, he's completely, completely wrong. Now, now people say, look at how he raised the budget while he is, uh, well, on, on his watch. Yeah, yeah, he was not the budget hawk I would have liked. Had Roger Moe won the election in 2002, would the budget have gone up even more? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it would have gone up much more. Now, m- lowering the increase isn't the most satisfactory answer. And it's one of those things that I, I can just see Republican candidates like Jeff Johnson when he says, yeah, you know, during, uh, during our last time, uh, during this last two years, and we've had control of the legislature, uh, we slowed the rate of increase. It just doesn't ring the same as we cut spending. It doesn't. There's no no getting around it. That's the deliberative process in a state that is at best purple and really probably more blue than purple at this point. And by the way, one other problem, Governor Pawlenty, former Governor Pawlenty, I guess it's still a term of respect to call him governor, but he's terrible. Well, I shouldn't say terrible. He's been kind of lukewarm on Second Amendment issues. If you are a Second Amendment voter and or like me, view the Second Amendment as a litmus test for overall respect for liberty overall respect for the freedom of the American people and for the inviolability of civil rights. And you believe, as I believe, I believe it was Thomas Jefferson who said, uh, when government stops trusting people to defend themselves, people should stop trusting the government. Almost certain that's an apocryphal statement, uh, but it's still true. <laughs> it's apocryphal but accurate. And when politicians are weak on the Second Amendment, it's not just because I like to go shooting. I do, or I did before all my guns fell into the deepest part of Malax in a bizarre boating accident. Uh, but but it's it's a lit it's it's not just a litmus test; it's an indication of how they think, how they operate, how they see the freedom of the individual vis-a-vis the state. And if there's one issue out there that I would desperately love former Governor Palenti to come around and come to Jesus on between now and the election. That would be it, because quite frankly, I think he spent way too much time inside the Beltway to really be in touch with where Minnesotans, real Minnesotans are on that issue. Because all of the jabbering in the legislature, all of the dreamsicles parading around, uh, waving their ELCA hair in in sync with the chanting uh, aside, all of the students being led to and fro on the Capitol steps aside, all of Linda Slocum and Ron Latz's, by the way, you know Ron, Ron Latz went to Harvard? Yeah, I hardly ever know that from him. Uh, all of their posturing aside, the Second Amendment is a strong, this is a pro-gun state. The Second Amendment is strong in Minnesota. We have a bipartisan majority of pro-gun legislators in, in the state capitol. And by the way, we are one or two elections away from losing that if we don't stand to a post. But that's a separate issue. Fact is, Governor Pawlenty has been lukewarm on gun rights. We passed uh, shall issue reform in his first term, and he signed it, as he said he would. But he also was extremely dilatory about pursuing or asking his uh, administration to pursue reciprocity with other states. 
which if you wind up having to drive to uh, North Dakota or South Dakota over the years and uh, going through that little two-step when you hit uh, Montevideo or Moorhead or East Grand Forks to put <clears throat> things in your trunk before you proceed across the border, you, to some extent, at least up until 2010, had Governor Pawlenty to thank for that. Because while he could have directed the Department of Public Safety to go, hey, we are going to take a liberal interpretation of substantial similarity to carry permit laws. He never did. Wasn't worth burning the political capital onto him, notwithstanding the fact that shall issue carry reform has been extremely successful and popular in the state of Minnesota outside the metro area, or at least outside metro Democrats. That's just one of a number of issues. He released a statement, I believe it's actually on his website, saying that he favors banning bump stocks. Uh, For anti-gunners, that's considered low-hanging fruit. Don't make a rifle act like a machine gun. Uh, Seems commonsensical to some people until you realize that all it takes to make a a rifle into a machine gun, uh, I should say, all it takes to jury-rig a bump stock is a couple of dowels and rubber bands and a little ingenuity, and suddenly, boom, poor man's machine gun. Uh, It's meaningless security theater, and I think Governor Pawlenty, former Governor Pawlenty, there it goes again, thinks it's a throwaway, something he can get away with to to make himself a little more sympathetic to people, the soccer moms in the middle who are scared of the big black guns. But it's not. And it is, in fact, unfortunately, a, a... indicator, a tip of the iceberg to kind of tell you where any given politician stands on your freedom, not just the right to keep and bear arms, but the enthusiasm with which they will defend all of the other rights that separate us as Americans from mere subjects, the rights that separate citizens from subjects, which at the end of the day is really what it's all about and the only reason to have a government and a representative republic. When we come back, Xavier Beckett and Lee McGrath join us talking about the uh, setbacks to the property forfeiture uh, reform bill in the legislature. Join us. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. It takes a lot of courage to face your own death, but I'm glad I finally did. See, I was putting off getting life insurance to protect my family, even though I knew it was important. Then my neighbor's husband died. I watched her struggle emotionally and financially. It really made me face reality. If my husband died, how would I pay the mortgage, the car payments, or keep up the life the kids and I had? I realized I needed to get us life insurance right away. So I called AIG Direct. In less than five minutes, I had a quote. I was shocked at how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. I feel so much better knowing my family has protection. Call AIG Direct right now for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you can save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-458-3263. That's 1-800-458-3263. 1-800-458-3263. Hey, I'm Brant. Maybe you've heard me talking about MediShare, but now I give you my friend Sherry. Yes, I have loved MediShare. Loved it. Is that all you have to say? Because this will be a really short <laughs> No, I really do love it. I've saved hundreds a month. And overall, I just think it's a better choice of a health care program for me. I'm really happy with it. And honestly, normally, I don't even like talking about this stuff. Nobody does. But MediShare is different. MediShare members share each other's health care bills. We pray for each other. It's a not-for-profit, so we all save money. True. Tell me about the thing. What thing? The online thing. Oh, yeah. I used that the other night. MediShare members can now access a doctor online 24-7. You can get a prescription for the flu or something just that fast. So MediShare can save you hundreds a month. You get to be part of the community. You get a huge network of doctors and providers to choose from. It's all pretty awesome. It's all pretty awesome. It's all pretty awesome. The final verdict from Jerry. So call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. 
I'm your viewer, and this summer I'm hosting a cruise around the beautiful Hawaiian Islands along with SRN's Mike Gallagher, Larry Elder, and a special guest, Mike Lindell from Joy Pillow. Join us for an unforgettable time of relaxation and insights as we discuss some of the most important political issues ahead of this year's midterm election. Make it a refreshing getaway with meaning where you find personal renewal and form uplifting relationships with fellow conservatives. Sign up and receive two premium My Pillows and pillowcases in your cruise cabin. Get your Aloha Talkers Hawaiian cruise tickets now at am1280thepatriot.com. When you're running a business, the last thing you want to worry about are your computer systems. Superior Managed IT has been servicing IT for over 25 years, and they can help you manage your IT infrastructure, provide a security plan, as well as business help your business move to the cloud. Superior's proactive maintenance program will guide you through the best options for your business. Don't wait. Let Superior manage your IT so you can concentrate on running your business. Call now for your no-obligation free consult. Call 612-999-6200 or go to superiormanagedit.com. That's superiormanagedit.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.